the January 29th edition of the PFF forecast this is the last January forecast. We are now into Super Bowl week Eagles and Chiefs. We're going to recap. Uh, we'll start with Chiefs and, uh, and Bengals. We just saw that. We'll talk a little bit about the Niners and the Eagles game. Uh, and then, of course, we will guess the Super Bowl line, talk about it, um, get into uh, some detail with the homies. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's rock. Hey, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know this. Okay, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, it's Kelsey versus Kelsey in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hope you guys are excited. Um, no we will way. hear about that. Uh, we've heard about that probably 20 times already. It's also, I don't know if you guys knew this either, uh, Andy Reid used to coach the Eagles. Oh my so God, I missed that. <laughs> he's, he's now playing. It's going to be electric. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, uh, members of the Printing Press who are joining us here. If this is your first time, welcome. If not, uh, welcome back. Um, we are going to uh, start with a little bit of uh, the game we just saw. So here's, here's the question I kind of want to start with, which is, um, in your guys' opinion, I'll start with you, Brad, here. Like, did you come away from that game more impressed by the Chiefs? and where they're going and where they're heading, you know, towards the Super Bowl? Or do you have more questions after watching and playing that game? I will say this. I am more impressed, and I tweeted this out earlier today. I actually had a back and forth with our friend Timo Riske. The Chiefs' defense, I think, is perceived as like a bottom 10 in the NFL defense. Look, it's not an elite unit, but I think they're a top half of the NFL unit. On the flip side, um, their offense is a bit concerning. We obviously saw Mahomes tweak that ankle late in the game, kind of hyperextended his knee as well on the weird fumble play. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I, their defense I don't think is bad as people think it is, and their offense I don't think is going to be some juggernaut against a good Eagles defense in the Super Bowl. I, yeah, I mean, I, I was unimpressed with everyone aside from Mahomes and Kelsey, and, and I guess Chris Jones played you know, tremendously well also, but they're going to be facing a very different – um, offensive line. I don't know. I, I I felt as though the ref, the refereeing, and obviously Bengals fans are going to be super butthurt about it the whole offseason. Aside that, that last play was obviously a bad, um, a bad play by a side, but felt like they got every call in that game. Um, and you know, Mahomes was amazing, but there was some. I don't know. I, I would be concerned about it. You know, going to the Super Bowl, what Andy Reid uh, showed in that game. Um, Arjun, what, what were kind of your takeaways after that? Yeah, um, I mean, in terms of what Brad was talking about, about the defense, I did think the Chiefs defense was pretty impressive. I mean, Chris Jones might have had the best game of his career. The whole kind of narrative was he hadn't had a playoff sack before this game. And when you go, get to go up against Max Sharping and Cordell Wilson and Hakima Denji, it's like the perfect get right game for almost any defensive lineman. So it was really encouraging for Chief, for the Chiefs to see Chris Jones have that type of performance. I also thought their defensive backs for the most part were like had a pretty good game, um, especially like the rookie corners. I mean, Legereus Sneed was by PFF War, one of the top cornerbacks this year. I think it was top 10, probably in the nine to 10 re region, but 
when he goes out and you're bringing, I think it was Joshua Williams in. I mean, the fact that they held held tough, I think Joe Burrow only averaged like a 0.01 EPA per play. That's like a very impressive performance. And outside of a few jump balls where Jamar Chase and T Higgins are going to always win those, I thought it was a very kind of encouraging performance from all facets of the defense, except for Nick Bolton, who uh, got, you know, I, I think his cleats are still stuck in, in uh, Mahomes' head as, as Travis Kelsey proclaimed. <laughs> He still has to move. Um, so I guess, you know, Ben, from your perspective, like there, there are some, you think about the kind of war of attrition, Eagles relatively healthy. The Chiefs lost all of their wide receivers. Right. You know, Kelsey out there with back spasms. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is, is functioning. Marvis, Marvis, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like these two guys are just getting, you know, kind of the ball fed to them and they did a lot with it. Um you know, do you think this is something that going into the Super Bowl, like, is that is that a recipe for success, or does that concern you against the Eagles? Like, uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it it obviously concerns me. And like, you know, Brad said, like, I do think the Chiefs have a pretty good defense. I also think like Steve Spagnuolo can kind of have some of these, not necessarily like outlier type games, but very much like matchup specific games that the Chiefs can very much take advantage of. And I think we kind of saw that against Cincinnati. So. If we see maybe like an overreaction in the Chiefs' direction, like I, I think there are probably a lot of negative takeaways from this matchup as well. Like they they, they were pretty sound in their secondary, but I do think a lot of that was the pressure situation. You know, the, the, the like like Arjun mentioned, like the Jarius Sneed injury is going to be pretty significant to their overall defensive outlook. But like they're not really going to control the line of scrimmage whatsoever against the Philadelphia Eagles team that has the best offensive line in football. So if they're not generating you know quick pressure like their their secondary is going to be a lot more susceptible as well. So I think that's concerning. And then kind of like you mentioned, like the, the Patrick Mahomes has very much carried them. I think once again in this matchup, he very much carried them. They lost Kadarius Tony. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster, who very much I would say wasn't all that relevant of a piece to this offense right now. But like if, if Mahomes is still going to be pretty banged up, I have to you know expect this game as well kind of has some impact on his high ankle sprain. And it probably will be in a similar state that it was, you know, this week, again, in two weeks. So I don't think there's going to be much improvement from that way. Like, if they don't have a couple of these guys back, like, it's going to be really dicey. And we've seen the Eagles kind of consistently jump out to leads, especially when they can kind of dominate that offensive line. And, and when they do that, like, Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs very much have fallen really far behind in certain areas. So I think you have to be concerned about the Chiefs kind of heading out of this performance because they very much, I would say, kind of limped to the finish line of this matchup. They, they totally did. I mean, I, it was interesting. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I think that Zach Taylor, like significantly outcoached Andy Reid in this game, I, you know, I, I kind of across the board, I thought Mahomes made a ton of plays more than I expected. Um, but his ankle definitely played a huge uh, kind of factor. And, I'm curious, do you guys, are you guys going to take that into account? Did you take that into account and sort of thinking about the spread for the Super Bowl? Or are we kind of assuming he's going to be, you know, he's pretty good in this game after getting banged up just a week ago? Um, you know, is that something you guys are taking into account? Uh, I think it definitely is for me. I mean, you saw the throw to Sky Moore, I want to say early fourth quarter, where he just couldn't get enough velocity on it on the right side of the field. And then also, I mean, Orlando Brown 
had been grading well, had a very poor start, was grading much better. I watched a bunch of his tape, and he did look good. He was useless tonight. He was a turnstile against Joseph Asai, too. Not even like Hendrickson was beating him. He was getting burned by whoever they put out there. It was honestly a terrible performance from him. And so if you have this Eagles pass rush, who kind of abused the 49ers today against two bad tackles. Yes, they have a good interior in Kansas City, but so you have Mahomes running, no receivers, and maybe he can't plant and make some of those throws. It, it, it factored into my, my guess the lines, and I have legitimate concerns about it, no question. Yeah, I think, I, I think, like, so Hassan Reddick, in, in my estimation, normally lines up over Andrew Wiley, not Orlando Brown. But Josh Sweat is also, like, a pretty good pass rusher. Brandon Graham, I'm sure, can line up over both sides. And, you know, the Eagles don't really blitz a ton. They like to just play quarters. They don't really – they have a pretty vanilla defensive scheme. I think Ben's – uh, defensive scheme uniqueness charts kind of show that, but um, it, I think it, yeah, it's going to come down to execution. And I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to do the kind of crazy shit that Mahomes was doing today against the Eagles, who are, I think are a much more disciplined defense and have a better secondary than uh, than the Bengals do. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be a big challenge. And obviously, the Eagles' pass rush is legit. They lead, the, they led the league in sacks by like a pretty wide margin this year. Right. And, and I think that. the reason because yeah, of that yeah. is they, they don't have that top guy or whatever, right? Like Arjun said, mm-hmm. like they very much have a number of opportunities. So even if one guy is matched against Orlando Brown, they can kind of do various stunts and other pieces to at least get one guy in Mahomes' face, I would say, pretty consistently uh, in some quick pressure situations. So I, I honestly don't know the pivot that the Chiefs can have outside of Patrick Mahomes very much just carrying this team i would say once again so i I think if you don't see the line move pretty heavily in the eagles direction like there's either some really sharp money holding it down or something else that we're potentially missing because it it very much seems one-sided from my perspective i'm eagerly anticipating um the grades pff grades locking tomorrow by the way you can see them on pff.com pff plus subscription um because i am wondering if we have a grade low enough for hakeem uh identity (laughs) It's fast, fast blocking today. It was incredibly rough. Um, so I, you know, before we move on to that, um, that last uh, or that that other game, some thoughts on the Bengals and you know, kind of where where they go from here. Um, start with you, Brad. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to take away too much from this game. I think the offensive line caught up with them, and, and they, you know, they can't keep getting away with this. They, they couldn't get away with it. Um, even even the scores, I mean, like you said, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to win some 50-50 balls no matter who you are, and it kind of reminded me of the Bengals of old where they struggled sustaining drives, and it was more some splash plays here and there that just got them um, huge chunk yardage to get them in scoring position. But obviously, you know, I think people are going to complain about the refs a ton. They could have won this game, but – Look, Joe Burrow had the ball with about two minutes left, could have gone down the field and iced this game. They convert that, what, third and 16 or whatever it is, um, and then still just can't get it done. So I'm not overly concerned about them. They're obviously about to pay a bunch of people a ton of money. Uh, They're going to lose probably both starting safeties, probably a starting linebacker. Like, they're going to have to retool, but I I think they'll be back in in this round of the playoffs uh, in the near future. Yeah, I would agree. I honestly think this was like a much more needed victory for the Kansas City Chiefs side as far as this like legacy opportunity or to win, you know, multiple championships. But I still very much think you, if you look at Cincinnati, you know, kind of like Brett said, they're going to lose a couple guys along defense. Uh, you know, maybe Lou Amarillo does get an opportunity, but it seems like he's going to be back in the fold. If he does, it's, they should be able to piece together 
you know, some semblance of a top 15 borderline top 10 defense once again this year. So I think if they do that, like they have the playmakers once again, offensively, if they can stay healthy along the offensive line, like they're very much right there with the Kansas City Chiefs once again and probably playing in you know, the same exact matchup that we saw uh, tonight. So I, I think they're very much here to stay for at least the next few years once they do have some of the decisions to be made, you know, on the offensive side of thing, as far as paying players, like that's going to be when their window might feel like it's closing a little bit more than it is right now. Yeah, I, I think so. I do agree. I think they won't have like that much of regression. Their offense will probably stay the same or get a little bit better. Um, I do kind of think their um, like their record might not be as good. And like, I, cause the Browns are going to get Watson back. They'll have a whole off season with him. Like he'll, he will be playing from week one and probably won't be as rusty. I mean, Lamar is probably going to be back with the Ravens and their defense is given Burrow fits for this entire year. And then the Steelers, I know, you know, Pickett isn't that great, but he showed some promise towards the end of the season. And, you know, Tallman always has them at eight and nine, nine and eight. So it's like their division is going to be very tough. That, that might be the best division in football next year. So while I do think their team could be very good. Um, again, it's, it's one of those cases of like the rest of the rest of the teams in their division are pretty good and they're going to be playing another first place schedule, which it didn't really matter this year. They performed pretty well against the first place teams, but you never know, like, you know, a first place team is a first place team and most of them are going to be good going into next year. So um, I, I definitely think they'll be competitive, but their record, I'm not really too sure of how they're going to perform. Yeah, the AFC North point is a good point. I mean, there was the quote, this is kind of random, but there was the quote from the, the Steelers owner about how they kept Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, because the offense got better. And I was like, did it really? They, they had a soft schedule. They were fourth in UK per play from week nine to the end of the season. So I, that shocked me when I saw it. Um, but like, yeah, I think it's a very good point. Like, they are going to get caught up by some of the teams in their division. I mean, they, they skated by Tyler Huntley. If, if Lamar Jackson is back or, you know, Trey Lance is under center for the Ravens, kidding. Uh, yeah, you know, like I, I think it is going to be much tougher sledding for them. I'm not going to call them lucky, but they've definitely gotten some breaks. They've also had some, some calls against them and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, look, this is, this is the, the crunch time of, all right, can you do it again when you start losing a bunch of talent and paying a lot of guys? Um, and can you get back there? I know Burrow said his window is his career. Historically, you know, we have a lot of evidence to the contrary. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they – I mean, hey, Mahomes is also in his fifth straight AFC Championship game, three of those on a veteran deal. So it can be done. But um, and, and their front office has been aces. But it, it's going to get tough, no question about it. So he, he's getting paid this year, I mean, right? So he's going to get extended. So we're going to start to see that um, come into play. I mean, you'd figure, like, one of Higgins and Chase is gone at some point here. So here's the thing right. on that point. If, if that's the case, then Higgins is getting traded in the next yeah. two months. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's possible because realistic, not even joking, like the three guys, Chase, Higgins, Burrow, if they keep them all, we'll be making $100 million per year for three players. Like that's that's the reality of the situation. I think Burrow gets 50 plus. I think Higgins is a 20 million plus per year guy now. And I think Chase, when he comes up, is a, by that time, might literally be a $30 million a year receiver. So I do think it sounds crazy. I'm sure the Bengals will try to figure it out. Like I said, I think Jesse Bates is gone. I think Von Bell is gone. Jermaine Pratt is gone. Um, I think all those guys are gone. But even still, T. Higgins, if someone offers – I mean, I do think it's like first and a second, maybe even a two-first type trade. Um, if someone offers it, Cincinnati's probably going to consider it more than their fans probably want to believe they would consider it. I'm taking two firsts for T. Higgins. Yeah. I mean – are you guys? Are you guys saying no to that? Yeah, I, I mean, would. 
I would have a really hard time saying no to too late, even too late first, I guess, for T. Higgins right now. I mean, I do think like he still is very much not proven 100% that he can carry that team or that load, I would say for sure. So I, I do think you go to first and you try and reset the counter, get another guy in, in a in a relatively, I wouldn't say top end, you know, receiving class this year, but they could at least find somebody again in the second round that could very much play impactful snaps this next year. But your, I still think you try to keep the for one more Archer. year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm of the belief personally that like no non-quarterback is really worth two first rounders. Like there's maybe a few, but I don't think T. Higgins is in that range. And as usual, like my, my tweets got old takes exposed. I said T. Higgins wasn't doing much for the Bengals for the past two months. And of course he pops off 30 seconds after, but it's true. Like if you look at the last two months before this game, it was 30 yards, 30 yards, 19 yards, something 120 versus the Patriots. And then a couple more 30, 20 yard performances. So it's, you know, I, I thought he earned the wide receiver one money after the Titans game when Jamar chase was out. And then he kind of like slowly regressed a little bit. So I, I definitely don't think he's worth two first, a late first maybe, but like, if you're like a team like the Bears or something where your first is probably going to be in the top 10 or top 15 this year or next year, like, I don't know if that's like worth it for T Higgins, but you know, we, we've seen it work out with guys like AJ Brown and, and, you know, obviously like there's other cases where it doesn't work out, but I, I definitely think T Higgins has the talent to make a one first rounder work. But I think two is, is a lot of draft capital plus the extension that you have to give up and you're just never going to get surplus value um, on those deals. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's one of the moves they have to think about making the offensive line is, is still a nightmare. And even though Joe Burrow really improved, he was the highest rated quarterback on quick throws this year. You saw it still in this game. I mean, you know, they, they lost the game because Akeem Ataniji literally just got smoked. And so you've got to have better depth across the offensive line. One of the ways you can do that is by accumulating draft capital. Um, but they've done a tremendous job of drafting wide receivers. I would continue to lean into that. Um, uh, before we transition here, the biggest news for the Bengals after this game is that Eli Apple's mother deleted her uh, Twitter account. So <laughs> it's, uh, I don't think he's going to be retweeting a bunch of people um, coming up after this. Um, okay, let's talk briefly uh, Eagles and, and, and 49ers here. So here's, here's the question I have. We bet um, one of our locks of the week was the, uh, a teaser with the Niners out to eight and a half. And, um, and the Bengals out to eight and a half as well. Um, the Niners lose, you know, their, their quarterback after a couple of plays. It, Nick Bosa gets banged up. Warner gets banged up. Um, they end up, you know, putting Josh Johnson in there. I'm with the belief that Josh Johnson get, keeps that within eight, eight and a half, you know, at least 10 points. Do you guys disagree with that? So I think it would have been between a 14-point game and, 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 a, and a, a touchdown. It would have been a, a sweat the entire time. But, like, people might think we're, we're crazy for saying this. But going from a four-stringer, a journeyman quarterback, to just not having a quarterback on the field, like, it makes a pretty big difference. Um, and, and they were moving the ball fairly effectively um, when they had an actual quarterback who could throw passes. I, I think it's possible. At the same time, though, I, I mean, the Eagles were able to – win without Jalen Hurts playing that well and win by just bullying them up front and really controlling the line of scrimmage. They were literally saying, all right, who is the defensive tackle not named Eric Armstead on the field? Let's run straight at that guy every single snap. And it didn't matter if it was Javon Kinlaw or whoever. They were just bullying him and pushing him off the line. So 
I think it would have been in play. I don't think it's crazy at all to say that, but I think like you know, fourteen, seventeen, or also would have been would have would have been possible. Um, but I, I think we would have been alive if we had our guy Josh Johnson out there. Yeah, um, I also yeah, I think with Johnson, I was a little bit surprised early on that Shanahan wasn't using him in more like designed runs or zone reads or anything like that. Especially because the the weakest part of the Eagles' defense is their linebacking room with Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards. I think both of them. I think are okay, but like they're not like a top of the top of the market guys. So um, I, I definitely think Johnson could have kept it close. The Eagles' run defense is the weakest part of their defense overall, and if I think Shanahan leaned more into Johnson's strengths instead of trying to make him do what Purdy normally does, I think you know we would have been uh, live. And we did see the 49ers' defense hold up. And I guess if it wasn't for that Josh Austin, Josh Johnson fumble right before half. I mean, it, it really could have been live even if Purdy had to come back in the game, but obviously you can't play the butterfly effect game and, um, you know, the end result wasn't what we wanted there. I mean, I'm going to go was... no, basically. So that's all I got. Hurts <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, is, is trending towards, and uh, we obviously review every single throw and every single play um, over again, but pending review, Jalen Hurts is going to have a sub-60 PFF passing grade at 120 yards throwing the football. Missed that A.J. Brown throw all the way down the field. You brought this up, Arjun, before uh, we started recording. He just did not look comfortable. He was bailing from clean pockets left and right um, and did not take advantage of what should have been a lot of opportunities with A.J. Brown. Missed A.J. Brown a couple of times we've talked about. So that would concern me. The other thing is... There's just a difference in terms of playing against Brock Purdy slash hurt Brock Purdy slash Josh Johnson slash uh, Brock Purdy back in the game and Daniel Jones when you're up by, you know, 10, 15, 20 points and then playing Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs. I guess it's just going from, you know, it's night and day, right? It's like different leagues that you're playing in. So that, that is pretty concerning to me and I think should be concerning heading into the Super Bowl. Like, we've seen Jalen Hurts be really good all season, but he has been in some pretty advantageous situations. Because, I mean, they played a very easy schedule. Right? I'm not, like, trying to take shots at Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. But we're in the Super Bowl now, so we got to, like, you know, decide who, who we think is going to win and who we think is going to lose. And, um, you know, you're very likely to be in a kind of having to throw the football type of game against Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. And there's a legitimate chance that Patrick Mahomes is the healthier quarterback in this game. Like, I think the narrative and the coverage of these injuries has been very different. Wow. But I, I, I think his injury was a part today because they're also the deep ball to Devontae Smith that was underthrown and got broken up. By, I think it was Traverius Ward. Like he had separation on that. And I just don't think Kurt's got enough on it. His shoulder, I think, is a legitimate issue. Um, and yeah, like I mean, like I don't think he's like totally broken or anything, but I honestly think there's a chance Mahomes is the healthier quarterback in the matchup. And look, yeah, we're not taking anything against them. They had our second easiest strength of schedule against the entire season. I mean, that, that does matter. The Chiefs, you know, go into, what, go into San Francisco and put up 44 points on them earlier this year. Uh, you know, I mentioned my concerns against the Eagles pass rush. I have them, but there's also the possibility that it just doesn't really, you know, doesn't really matter if they can get the ball out quickly, which I think they did a good job of today, especially with the injuries. Um, you know, just making sure Mahomes, a lot of time, it was kind of one read and get rid of it and not even let the pass rush from Cincinnati even really be a factor. Yeah. Sorry, George, you got it. I, I was just going to say, I, you know, the interesting thing about the, the shoulder injury, you know, 
high ankle sprain is, is an issue. And I don't want to pull a, a Bill Simmons here and be like, you know, that one time I was playing pickup basketball and like I got the same injury. But shoulder injuries, you know, you first off, you have to give it a lot of rest. So you can't be throwing a bunch with a shoulder injury, right? That's like the first thing. And you obviously need to throw to your receivers. You know, that's a that's a decently important thing. Um, but so there's that 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 piece. Like you just can't get as many reps in. That's an issue. You got a couple of weeks break. They really haven't played much of a sweat of a game for a month now. And um, the the second thing is that you know my unmedical opinion is just that a shoulder is going to take longer to heal than an ankle. <laughs> and so I think it ma both matters more from a what it allows you to do as a quarterback. Now Jalen Hurts is a little bit special because he has some wheels that other guys don't have. But um, yeah, I think that's a really good, really, really good point. And, and the Niners are a very good defense. So I wouldn't take too much, you know, um, away from the Chiefs are not going to be quite what the Niners are. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a really good point. Arjun, what were you going to say? Yeah, so I, I think what George brought up is, is a good point. Hertz wasn't comfortable in this game. He might not be healthy. And this is a trend we've seen from the Eagles throughout the whole season. And we saw it specifically in this game. At one point in this game, the Eagles had eight carries or rushing attempts for eight yards. And in, in the drive that ensued immediately after, they ran the ball on nine out of 12 non-penalty plays. And like, the you know, the 49ers were like the best run defense, second best run defense by EPA rushing success rate. And going into this game, you know, I think my thought process was the Eagles were going to lean into the pass because they're so good against the run. And we saw that a little bit early on. But when the Eagles really needed a drive, when they really needed yards, they went back to the run, which has been the case in multiple games this year, whether, you know, Eagles fans or Hurts truthers will want to admit it. They've relied on the run. And I do think part of that is because the coaching staff, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but like it seems like they think the run is more efficient. They think they think um, they trust the run game more than they do with the pass game. Again, part of that could be Hurts being injured. Part of that could be just the 49ers defense is that good. But Throughout, like after the first quarter, it, we just saw run, run, run from the Eagles, and it didn't seem like they truly trusted the pass game as much. And you know that's why Hurts, who started off like with like ten or eleven pass attempts in the first quarter, only ended with like twenty five by the end of the game. Yeah, um, let's uh, pre we'll preview the Super Bowl here in a second. One 49ers question though, go around the horn. You get to say only a name. Who is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in Week One? of the upcoming NFL season in 2023. Brad? I'm going Trey Lance. Okay. Arjun? I'm, I'm also going Trey Lance. Ooh. Jesus. Ben? I'll take Brock Purdy. Might as well, right? I think I think he wins at least out of week one. Not saying he's the playoff starter at all. Okay, you're all wrong. It's Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> we Someone joked that we saw Trey Lance play today, but he was wearing an Eagles uniform, and that got me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh, my second favorite joke of the day. The other was that um, Trent Williams, Trent Williams had the only impressive throw by a Niners player. <laughs> that was a hundred. That was a nice pass to Kayvon Wallace. That was a deeper. That was the A dot on that was longer than any throw of, of Purdy's and Johnson's all day. All jokes aside, I think Brock Purdy might have a significant old, the, the UCL injury. Like he might get Tommy mm -hmm. John. That was a bad yeah. elbow injury. Yeah. Um, it did not, and, and the reports don't sound very good. You know, coming out of the game, so. Yeah, the, we're probably the all like, along. It's a, it'll be Jimmy G. Yeah, probably. 
they just need a durable quarterback at this point. Like they just can't keep rotating through the, with these quarterbacks in season. I think that's the biggest thing that's selling point for Brady. Just he doesn't miss games, and like Jimmy's missed games, Purdy's now gonna miss games, Lance's missed games. But yeah, the the timeline did seem like it was either like a six week recovery without surgery, or it's you know probably gonna be Tommy John, which is what like a year and a half, and there goes all your surplus value that you potentially could have had with Purdy as your starter. He still already earned. I would say, not even kidding. I, he probably quadrupled his contract, if not, if not, probably more so. Probably twenty times his contract already. Uh, yeah, be a fun, I, be, be a fun thought experiment. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. I think I looked at that like right after the regular season ended. I think he, based on this season alone, he earned around like nine to ten million dollars of surplus values, which is again more than his contract already. So he's he's already done enough for the 49ers. Now he can just he can chill if he needs to get surgery. <laughs> Okay, let's get to uh, let's get to the Super Bowl before we do. Um, quick reminder that if you are looking for a place to bet on the Super Bowl, may I recommend DraftKings? A lot of new places that are opening up to bet on sports, including Ohio. So if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet? Do so. Use promo code PFF and bet just five dollars to win two hundred dollars in free bets at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're going to drop uh, a few bets at least that we like on the Super Bowl. To get in early so you can do so um, and, and do so at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PFF when you deposit. New customers can bet just $5 and existing customers can take advantage of all of the Super Bowl boosts that DraftKings will drop throughout the next couple of weeks. Uh, minimum age and restrictions apply. Uh, see the show notes for details. Uh, also, Underdog Fantasy, they run some awesome contests throughout the season. And that includes their Super Bowl contests. Um, so you go to underdogfantasy.com, download the Underdog Fantasy app, use promo code PFF, and they will double your first deposit up to $100. So get that in quickly so you can take advantage of it. For the last contest of this NFL season with the Super Bowl. And last but not least, our friends at Western and Southern, you've got a little cash on you because you uh, printed with the press this week. Then you want to make sure you put it to work for you and your family or whoever it is that you care about, you can set up a game plan to accomplish whatever financial goals you have, whether it's saving money, saving for a house, um, saving for a kid, if that's your thing, whatever it is. Um, WesternSouthern.com slash PFF to set up a game plan for your money today. All right. Uh, members of the printing press who are here joining us live, we appreciate you. Um, if you haven't signed up, uh, gotten involved in the PFF printing press discord yet, you need to. Got some swag coming people's way. Um, I got in the design studio this week and um, stitch by stitch, I put together some incredible looking hats for the folks. Um, and uh, they're only available to people that join uh, the PFF, uh, the printing press discord the link will be, uh, we tweeted it out. It'll be in the uh, description here for the show as well. Um, and uh, we're giving more out every hundred people that join. So get involved before the Super Bowl happens, get yourself a hat. Um, and, uh, and profit. All right. Chiefs and Eagles. I think we've all kind of seen, uh, the spreads come out, but just to kind of see where people's heads are at, let's go around the horn and give your initial, you know, what did you think the, the line should be kind of initially unencumbered by what you've seen afterwards? Um, and, uh, and then we'll talk about what it actually is and, and what plays are going to be there. Uh, Brad, let's, uh, let's start with you and then we'll go Arjun Ben. Yep. Uh, Eagles minus one was my thinking. Um, I went Eagles minus one and a half. 
I went without any injury considerations for either quarterback. I went uh, Chiefs minus 2.5. Okay, I, I'm on uh, – yeah, I was on Ben's side. I, I said Chiefs by uh, by one and a half. Um, so it was initially – actually, DraftKings and FanDuel were on different sides. Um, FanDuel initially opened with Kansas City, I want to say, by, by one and a half. Uh, DraftKings at minus one. They are now both Eagles uh, have the Eagles favored. The Eagles are minus one and a half, minus 115. Chiefs plus one and a half is minus 105 on FanDuel. The total at 49 and a half. The Chiefs are plus 112 on the money line and the Eagles are minus 132. So very small spread, um, which I think this would be the closest uh, in like the past five or six Super Bowls, maybe in a, in a very long time. I, I can't remember. Is there one that's been less than three recently? Not that I, not, not that I recall in recent memory. Yeah, so this will be very, very close. Um, okay, let's uh, let's start with you, uh, Brad and, and Arjun. You guys have the Eagles favorites. You kind of agree with this. Total 49 and a half. Um, which side do you guys take in here? Yeah, so I would lean the Chiefs. I'll just explain the reason why I, that was my initial line. And, George, you touched on it earlier in the show. And I, and I don't know if I've discussed this on this show before, but I now look at coaching when we just talk about coaches. And there are the mon- there's the Monday to Saturday components of coaching, and there are the Sunday components of coaching. I think Andy Reid might be the greatest Monday to Saturday coach, one of the top three guys ever. But he had a lot of Sunday issues today. And, and, and look, Sirianni is not the Monday to Saturday that Andy Reid is but he consistently makes good decisions. That fourth and one on their own 34-yard line today where they go for it on the, the QB sneak, the most cheat code play in the NFL, and then drive them and score a touchdown there. I want to say that was make it 14-7, and then they get the turnover 21-7 before halftime, basically ball game. That's going to impact this game potentially. And I just – I think with the injuries of the Chiefs and just Reed's trepidation to a degree, like that swung me from a pick to going towards the Eagles – um, all that said, you know, if this gets, it's actually two and a half on my DraftKings. So I don't know if it's a state issue or why we have different spreads there. But if this gets the Chiefs plus three, I'm hammering the, the Chiefs plus a full field goal. Um, my favorite takeaway, though, is the, the total is too high here. Um, I, I think both quarterbacks, like we said, are not healthy. And, and I think the Eagles defense, yes, you can attack them over the middle a bit. I don't think it's a great matchup against Kelsey. I think you can throw on their backers a little bit. Um, I, thought, I thought Kaiser White had a good game today. And Edwards was solid as well. Um, and, you know, Chauncey Gardner johnson will come down and play him a little bit. Long answer short, though, I just think it's not going to be that high scoring of a game. I think the teams are going to keep things in front of them. Um, it's going to be a little bit physical. And I just I don't see over 49 and a half here in this game. Yeah, um, I, I don't have a really I don't really have a play on the total, but I would back the Eagles in this game. I'm not saying it, it exactly gives me Bucks Chiefs vibes, but this Eagles team is just so well-rounded. And the like, the Chiefs lost Kadarius Tony, McCall Hardman, and Juju Smith Schuster to injury tonight. And I mean, they're gonna have two weeks of rest, so they'll probably be fine by the Super Bowl. But this Chiefs team is like really banged up. And again, the way the Chiefs won today was because of their defensive line, like playoff Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Mike Dana. The you know, I know Landon Dickerson left the game due to injury. I've seen hyperextension, which means he can play with a brace. So I think he should play in the Super Bowl. Like. Chris Jones, the only matchup he might or he'll probably be able to win consistently is against Isaac Siamalu. But otherwise, the Eagles can just, you know, double team him with Kelsey and then just leave Dickerson one on one. So I don't really see a matchup advantage for the Chiefs on defense. They're going to have to play a lot of single high 
because you need the extra guy in the box to stop the run. And if you go to single high against the Eagles, A.J. Brown will just beat you deep one-on-one, which we've seen multiple times. They will be in a dome, so hopefully Hurts' deep ball accuracy comes back to life instead of what we saw today, which you know kind of burned us on a couple bets. But we'll move past that. And on the other side, I just think that the Chiefs' offense, like it, it took so much Mahomes' magic for them to even grind to get 23 points. And I do think this Eagles – like I don't – I think the Eagles' defense is great. I don't know if it's like elite. We haven't really seen them put like an elite performance together against like a really good offense. Like we've seen them like let up 30 points to teams like the Lions and the Cowboys at times this year. But I think their corners will match up well. I think they have the ability to double Kelsey. And I don't really know if there's a matchup advantage for the Chiefs. And again, like we talked about earlier in the episode, like Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley ranked second and fourth and pressures allowed in the regular season. So Josh, Josh Sweat and then Hassan Reddick should have you know, great days. And then whatever Fletcher Cox and Hargrave do on the interior is just a uh, cherry on top. So I, I think there's just a lot of matchup advantages for the Eagles in this game. And I think there's the more well-rounded team and win a lot of the small edges in the like win probability department via coaching. What do you yeah, think? I, mean, I, I, I think it's really hard, obviously, to disagree with any of that. The only matchup advantage that the Chiefs have is very much Patrick Holmes, right? Whether he's at mm-hmm. 80%, 85%, 90%, like, He's going to need to be the one that has a chance to win them the game at the end. And maybe he's coming from behind. Maybe it's a tie game or something like that. But we saw that once again tonight. Maybe it wasn't the script that everyone kind of wanted it to play out with. But if you're telling me that this game's going to be tied with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, like I very much think the Chiefs are going to win this game. And that's kind of the direction that the spread is is at least initially telling us, like Brad said, if it gets out to plus three, that's obviously going to be a pretty big hammer spot for the Chiefs, in my my opinion. But the the to me, um, you know, the the injury situation very much kind of needs to get fleshed out. I would say before I was going to be comfortable locking into the Chiefs side of things because it seems like the, the w- with what is kind of pending out there as far as what we know and what we don't know from that perspective, like it really could only probably be, you know it could only turn out worse, I would say, for the Kansas City Chiefs because right now we're kind of in limbo. Maybe we expect one or two receivers to get back, but uh, I I think they absolutely have to have somebody from a playmaking perspective at the wide receiver position in order to kind of at least take any sort of advantage against the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, I'm waiting on the spread with, like Brad said, I like the the under a lot, under 49.5. I also think there's some under 24.5 with the hook uh, first half numbers especially at DraftKings I know it's juice to minus 120 but uh we're gonna see a choppy start uh obviously there's a lot of things happening in the Super Bowl that don't happen in any other game led to a lot of previous unders happening I don't think you know a, a game's gone over since uh the Pac- Patriots game basically in like 2018 or 2019 um so so I think it's under to start under 24 and a half above that key number 24 I think that's got to be my favorite early early second week player whatever that we can get so far yeah, I see. Um, I see twenty four on my Fanduel. <laughs> um, it is crazy that you can see different lines uh, across because, like you, you know, every state's a little bit different. Um, it was funny. I was at a sport. This is a total tangent, but I was um, at a sports book in uh, in Vegas, kind of observing, um, you know, kind of what happens behind the behind the closed doors. And they were talking about how they've seen, you know, savvy betters identify the like ways and the order of operations in which lines change and like sit there at one state waiting for this, the line or whatever to change, knowing that it won't change in, you know, state 
X over here and jumping to that state to quickly place a bet for the line changes to that state. Uh, like that is the world we live in in sports betting right now. Um, but uh, it's 20, I see 24 uh, under minus 115 over 20, uh, 24 minus 105. I really like that then, you know, I, so I'm, I have PFF.com on my screen right now. I have the chiefs offensive unit uh, versus the Kansas uh, versus the Eagles defensive unit on one side. And on the other side, I have the, the offensive defense flip. And you know what sticks out is the Eagles are better at every position. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just the fact of the matter. And it really does remind me, Arjun, I think you make a, a really good point. Like, it's coming down to what that Tampa Bay Super Bowl uh, was, where it was like, hey, you know, the, the Bucks are better everywhere. But like Mahomes, you know? And I guess the, the thing there is, the tackles aren't as bad as they were in that in that game. Like they, they just can't be. Like that was a tremendously <laughs> terrible situation. But Andrew Wiley is awful. And Hassan Reddick, you saw today. Now the Niners took a very interesting attack against Hassan Reddick. They decided <laughs> not to block him. Yeah. Which <laughs> put Tyler Croft ice out on him. <laughs> that was not that was not great. But um, you know, he he did win pretty consistently. Josh Sweat, also top 10 graded edge defender. So these edge rushers are really good. And, um, you know, that's going to pose a, a big problem. If the ankle is not, you know, maybe it's 90%, maybe it's 80%. Um, you look at the outside. I mean, the Chiefs have nobody there. Um, I think Eli Apple poses way less of a threat to Marquez Valdez-Scantling than Darius Slay uh, does out there. Um, I think Darius Slay's mother still has a Twitter account as well. And then you flip to the other side and you look at the offensive line for the Eagles. And I think this is this is my big takeaway, right? The offensive line for the Eagles really played well and dominated against the Niners. And if it weren't for that, I, I think that the Niners really have a chance with even Josh Johnson. Um, but this is like a polar opposite situation to what the Chiefs just faced today which was a Bengals offensive line that is absolutely disgustingly bad on the road in Arrowhead. The Eagles now will have an opportunity that their fans are going to travel super well for this game, right? And are going to be facing an offensive line. Lane Johnson's going to get a little healthier, but they are, you know, highly graded really across the board um, in this one. So, you know, someone in the, in the, uh, in the comment section said better QB is getting points. And I agree, but that's what we said last time, <laughs> you know, that we saw something yeah. like this. No, no, it's, it's entirely valid. And, and I think it's also like a huge game script game too, where look, if the Eagles get up in this game and we do need to see hero ball from Mahomes throwing to just Travis Kelsey and, and dudes and the Eagles, the Eagles might have six yards of carry against this chief's defense. I mean, they're just the way Kelsey was able to get out and, and just get, to the second level and double team guys. And when you mentioned Dickerson, if he's not healthy, that is, you know, it's a decent injury, but they have Andre Dillard, who's a good backup offensive lineman. Like you, you have Kim, was it Cam Jurgens, their second round pick who's come in a little bit to be botching the name there. Like they just, they're so deep. They're so good. Um, it's yeah, I, I agree. They're, they're probably better at most positions. Maybe I'm falling for the same trap as the Bucks game. Um, but I just, I don't know. It hurts. Hurts scared me a little bit today. It, it was not pretty. But I, I don't know how much does Hurts need to do in this game, yeah, right. right? And that's the question, that's, right, right, right. 
it, it, it's very right. much the uh, yeah. It's very much it seems like the opposite where it's Patch Mahomes versus everybody else for the Eagles or something, <laughs> right? And can he kind of make up that difference? Because like the Hertz movement is going to be just a very defined range, I would say at this point. So, what is interesting say, is the whole season. Sorry, real quick, no, no. it's very interesting. The whole season, I feel like Mahomes has been so much better than he was last season, and you know they got rid of Tyreek Hill, and this will be the ultimate test of that. Right. Where like, I mean, he's out there with with MVS as his number one receiver. Everyone else is in. I mean, Juju's injured. Tony is injured. Um, and and he still manages to get to the Super Bowl. And in this game, I mean, if he can do that in this game, like I don't we need to do something like some sort of statue needs to be erected in the Hall of Fame or something. If Patrick Mahomes wins this game with this set of wide receivers like this may be one of the greatest quarterback seasons we've ever seen i mean i like i i think for all of the foibles that the chiefs had today and andy reed really tried hard um like mahomes was amazing on one ankle and if he's able to beat this team which is so well-rounded without tyree kill without any of the other receivers that'd be really impressive um i just say one thing though for kelsey that is not an area of strength for the eagles sub 60 PFF grade when covering tight ends this year, they have some guys that can move around, but I mean, that is going to be where they're going to have to, to live. Right. And I'll be, you know, two weeks to prepare. If I'm the Eagles, I just put three guys on Kelsey and go, you know, <laughs> let these other schmucks be. Which, which you can't like you really realistically can You can bracket him with Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I think Avante Maddox played physical today and was, was like really laying some lumber. He had a couple nice hits on Kittle. Kittle did a couple things today, but yeah, I'm surprised that they grade that poorly against tight end. But like you said, if you can allocate a lot of your attention to a tight end and nobody else, it'll probably work. In your... I will say, I was going to say earlier, this conversation just makes me like the under even more the more we talk about it. Right. Is it moving at all? Not that I've seen yet. Still see 49 and a half. No, I, do, I did see that Circa opened it. Chiefs minus two and a half, though, and it's completely swung on circuit now to two and a half on the other side. So there was at least some initial consensus from books, at least, that the Chiefs were the correct opening side to be favored or whatever. It has very much, I would say, gotten a bunch of market resistance since we've been on the air or whatever, which is definitely interesting, you know, initial reaction. Yeah. What about, um, are there any other matchups, I guess, that was kind of started diving into this that, um, that you guys are looking at or or thinking about and you know maybe some props that we can take advantage of or some be ready for uh them i would expect props to come out pretty soon this week right like i think books have gotten pretty good at getting those priced out so um you know what anything that you guys are noticing so I will say right away, you know, and this was a spot that I actually liked from the simulation perspective, but we also saw Isaiah Pacheco get six targets here, uh, kind of, ha- especially in the latter half of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're concerned at all about the Chiefs, you know, wide receiver situation, maybe you do want to wait for the injury news or whatever. But if that breaks poorly, like Isaiah Pacheco is kind of like their second best offensive piece outside of Travis Kelsey, I would say from, you know, not only like a, you know the the rushing ability but also like some yards after the catch plays broke that one tackle where all three Bengals you know three Bengals defenders were kind of around him to get the first down so he's very much a guy that I think is going to open up 
probably lower than he should because there's still this idea that Jarek McKenna is very much the receiving back and he does get the majority of like the two minute drill and long down down distance work. But if you expect a lower A that game for Patrick Mahomes, I think Isaiah Pacheco receiving yards specifically is very much a spot that I like quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think just thinking about the way Eagles play defense, it's it's a lot of too high, it's a lot of zone, a lot of uh, quarters or cover six where the flats are kind of be open like just going to be open and that's where pacheco is kind of like he chips and then he just you know rolls out into the flat right. he's Mahomes kind of take those check downs at various times today part like he he had a good i think internal timer today where he was going through his progressions and then after his timer went off it was just uh checked down to pacheco so i definitely like that play with ben uh pacheco over receiving yards and just you know again the eagles linebackers are like the weakest part of their entire team so it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs ran some screens to get Pacheco more involved and to put the Eagles linebackers in conflict, which is something we saw a little bit from the 49ers today. I think another running back I like um, in a combo rushing and receiving prop is Kenneth Gainwell for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think part of it was game script today. Um, he out-carried Miles Sanders and out-targeted him. He's always going to out-target him, um, but also had more carries. Like I said, Sanders had more early on, and then as the game got out of hand, Gainwell got more and more. But They've clearly had a lot of faith in him. They've been going to him a ton, um, you know, in the, the latter half of the season. And, and I think you talked about, you know, Nick Bolton's cleats are still in Burrowhead at, at Giha at Burrowhead Stadium. Uh, Willie Gay was getting his hamstring worked on. I'm sure he'll be fine uh, by, by game time. But they are not particularly great at covering out of the backfield. They both got better this year in coverage grade, but they've always kind of been um, a little bit, you know, tight in the hips and not great on shifty guys out of the backfield. I think, I think Gainwell, and then in particular, too, if you are betting on the Maybe this is an Eagles game. It's not going to be Bucks esque but maybe it is kind of a multi-score lead for them at some point. Um, then the game script is going to be heavily in your favor, and they're going to give him a lot of touches as the game goes on. It, one of the bets that we really liked this week coming in, I think, Brad, you called attention to this, and members of the Printing Press Discord uh, reacted appropriately, which was Mahomes over completions and and – um, ended up bidding over uh, attempts as well. And I mean, he went sailed over both those numbers. But you think about the recipe here, they, they, they're going to have to throw the ball quickly once again today, or uh, once again in, in the Super Bowl. Pacheco, it was interesting. I mean, I thought they were going to go to McKinnon. They did not. They obviously had a ton of uh, faith in Pacheco. And he showed why. Like, the dude was an absolute horse. I can't imagine you come out of that game, all your receivers have gotten hurt. And you don't go, oh, shoot, we need to find a way. You know, Andy Reid's probably going to spend the next week figuring out, like, how can I take advantage of Isaiah Pacheco? Because, like, if I try and scheme anything for anyone else, they're likely to just get injured. Like, what's the point in even drawing up a play for Kadarius Tony? The dude's going to, you know, break his ankle afterwards. So it's like, you know, it, like what you almost have to just basically scheme for, for um, him and Kelsey. Um, so I think that could be another area, especially, you know, kind of liking – the strengths that the Eagles have, they use those to get up. You will then see Mahomes have to throw the ball. Um, the Pacheco one is a good call as well. What's the deal with um, with Snead? So he he got uh, he went into concussion protocol. Is that yeah? Is that right? Yeah. It, I think it was concussion protocol is basically what it looked like. So I mean, in two weeks he probably should clear. Probably it. I don't back. think he has. Um, I don't think he has any like previous ones relatively recently, so I would expect him probably to be back and and in the full, which I think you know very much is obviously going to impact how the how the how the Chiefs actually approach this game from a defensive perspective. 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, Dallas Goddard um, actually was a fairly big part of the game plan today for for the right. Eagles. Did not did not go over his uh, his yardage prop. The Chiefs twelfth in uh, in PFF grade covering tight ends this year, so so not nearly as good as the 49ers um, have been. They don't have. I mean, you, we mentioned Nick Bolton. They don't really have anyone that that can quite move like Fred Warner, obviously. Um, so I think that's an interesting place to, to look at. But I, I've got to think that the Eagles come out and run the crap out of them. So, you know, you mentioned Kenneth Gainwell. Miles Sanders looked good. Um, Boston Scott scored a touchdown. Um, but I think this would be a place where I might look for um, Jalen Hurts rushing yards and, and or carries and attempts. I mean, you saw Joe Burrow get loose a couple of times here. Um, but I gotta think they're not gonna want to expose his arm because if if you notice, like if he comes out and he throws a couple and it's like oh shoot, then you know you're gonna sell out and make him throw the ball to beat you. They were running him up three scores like in Niners territory. They were r- still running zone read with him and or or just straight draw QB draw QB power. Um, I, I like that too. I think. They will not. It's also the Super Bowl, so like who you know, all bets are off. I, I think we'll see a lot of Jalen Hurts carries as well. Yeah, I, I would also look at Dallas Goddard props, like George talked about. Um, something I looked at a couple weeks ago. So the Chiefs were are, were one of the worst pass defenses um, at when pat when the QB targeted the middle and intermediate part of the field. So ten to nineteen yards, I think, within the hashers or just whatever the middle is that uh, the play by play data says is the middle. They allow a 1.06 EPA per drop back and an 82% success rate when opponent, opponents target the intermediate and middle part of the field, which that's the Dallas Goddard range. Dallas Goddard range for this Eagles offense. I guess it could be the A.J. Brown range, but I feel like we've seen A.J. Brown work more towards the sidelines and in, in the shorter part of the field. So, you know, I, whoever is a film grinder and wants to chart whoever the, the Eagles middle of the field guy is in the intermediate part, just take their over on receiving props because I'm sure a smart organization like the Eagles will look at something like that and realize like that's the chief's weakness and try their best to exploit it throughout the whole game. I, I, there's no doubt about the Eagles will know that that is the case uh, heading into this game. There's no doubt about it. Um, I doing the work early for the people. So anyone that's been around for a little while will know will be a fan of, Every Super Bowl, we get the syndicate together for the national anthem. We pool millions of dollars together, and we get it down across all all states and, and locations that accept money on the uh, national anthem. Um, that is a joke, <laughs> by the way. Um, but it is a fun thing that Chris Stapleton is is singing the national anthem. Um, so I am searching for Chris Stapleton national anthems. I do it's, not. There's signal. There's signal. If you find, if anyone finds some YouTube videos or anything like that of him singing the national anthem previously, uh, there there is some signal there. I can tell you the last. I want to say three of the last four years. You take an average of what you find online, uh, and they they tend to have a pace that they stick to when they sing the national anthem. So, what's interesting hypothetically, here, you know, that's, I'm that's not seeing. <laughs> I'm not seeing any Chris Stapleton national anthems now maybe i just need to to do a little more hates america here what the fuck? yeah <laughs> um that's so brian um it was i want to say a country singer that has sang it recently 
that may be something to look at. But this could be interesting. Maybe there's maybe there's some uh, there'll be some uh, you know some trouble for the uh, the books in setting this line without a, a historical reference for Stapleton. <laughs> You, you bring up a really good point. There might be some genre correlation there as well with the country mm -hmm. music singers that we could look into. But wasn't there, wasn't, I think like a couple years ago for the Chiefs 49ers game, like there was a, like there was some pre-recorded timings that came out or something yeah. that we were at least privy to from the printing press perspective, at least a little bit ahead of when the market was, uh, uh, you know, the market became aware of it or something like that. So we'll see if we can yeah, get yeah. some of that information as if well. If you live in Glendale... Yeah, you're within your shot of the stadium. Just hey, don't don't be a stranger, all right? My phone number is. <laughs> We're sending someone out there. We're sending members of the members of the press out there. Rihanna doing the halftime the halftime show. Um, I know you guys are all diehard Rihanna fans. What do you guys think uh, first song is going to be? I knew this was going to get a rousing, uh, rousing. I think she, I think I think she opens with umbrella. I think we get umbrella at the opener. She is, she is, she is so also, you may have been joking, but Rihanna is an elite musical talent, and we need yes. her album from her ASAP. No, no, I, I'm I'm not joking. Um, I think this is hard because there are so many yeah. different ways that she could go. I think it's "Don't Stop the Music" is the opening one. Is my my like under the radar play? Call. I think might be it. So, if there's okay. bets too, if there's bets on musical guests, we won't get Eminem. I don't think because we just had Eminem, so you can cross. He's a right. bad bet, I, I think. So Love that, that's the way a little you there as well. Right. Yeah. I don't think we'll get that because we just had him. Or he just loves the Super Bowl and he's coming back. True. <laughs> True. True. That's a good call. I mean, but maybe Calvin it's interesting. Harris. Maybe we'll Calvin uh, Harris somehow. That could be kind of cool. Jay Z obviously is is on umbrella and um, uh, also on Run This Town. I don't think we're yep. seeing Kanye. <laughs> um, <laughs> feels to me like Jay Z is someone who he like, helps coordinate. I, I don't think he can yeah, do it. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't he see him now. Out. He's on this yeah. committee now that helps them decide it. So I think I don't think he'd pick himself, but. That's a little insider info too. If you know if you know Jay Z over at Rock Nation, he might know who the guests are. <laughs> he might know who the guests are. Yeah, <laughs> see if you can find out. Um, do you think we get Rude Boy? Yeah. That's a, uh, Drake. Wow. So Drake could could be an option. He could um, very much. I feel like he's the most likely name mentioned so far that could actually make an appearance. So do you? So if you had over under, you know surprise appearances from guests over under one and a half would you take the over or the under i'd go under over you, really, really? Over? okay okay um she's, she's, got here's the of, she's got a lot of songs with other people go ahead go ahead she does but i also think that she wants to come out people haven't heard from rihanna in a little bit musically True. like she's done she's True. been very successful but in other areas and i think she kind of wants to come out and then remind people so it's fair um but anyways, that's that's our assessment on the halftime show. Um, we will dive in. We'll do some more research. We'll dive in. Um, before we get out of here, any final thoughts um, as we preview Chiefs and, uh, and Eagles? It looks like still one and a half. Eagles minus one half is minus 118, at least on my hand over at. I don't know what you're seeing. 49 and yeah. a half, still the total. Uh, Arj, I had a question for you real quick. Uh, we know the Eagles are great in the first half. What are the Chiefs like in, in script and, and first half, second half split? 
Not to put you on the spot. Uh, I put him on the spot. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't have. That. I have. I have the. I have the numbers here, basically. What, so, what did you want? You want scripted for Eagles or script? Yeah, scripted for the Chiefs. Now we know the Eagles are great out of scripted the gate. Scripted for the Chiefs, yeah. basically. Okay, so, um, per play, they're second in what I have for EPA per pass play on scripted okay. plays. So. Okay. Maybe thinking, man, I mentioned the under. Maybe then you wait potentially to take a live under if we get an early touchdown from either team or both, um, and then that's maybe how you play the total. Uh, is it slows down, they get a little tense, you know, it's the Super Bowl, and then maybe a better play than just taking the 49.5 right out of the gate. Yeah, I was I was on the first half under in tonight's game. Um, the Chiefs obviously had the opening field goal or whatever, but it wasn't really all that close either. So you could wait. Um, but I, I don't hate the under 24 and a half. You can get that at DraftKings as well. I do think that's probably my favorite. Uh, I would say early Super Bowl bet, but we're going to have shit tons more, I would say, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to look at the Gatorade. I got to break down some Gatorade film. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in there. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Um, we'll be back with everybody on Wednesday evening, uh, as we normally do, and uh, we'll have some more props. Hopefully, we'll have some props by that point. Um, I've also heard some calls for getting the doctor to come on and talk about his Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if he's going to make it out of Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, they finally got a win in his presence. Hopefully he did. He made it out safe. Um, I haven't seen, you know, I think he was there and and his um, grit and toughness inspired Mahomes. I haven't seen someone grit through uh, an ankle injury like that since Eric at the Cincy Y uh, on the basketball. So. Um, yeah, I think the the Eric Eager Dave so far, how many voices they have left? I've taken the under a half on voices yeah. remaining between those two. Yeah, way under, way under. <laughs> the number of times the word "priv" was said. Yeah, over eighty six and a half. Okay. <laughs> Last wait, hold on. I know we're trying to leave. I had to shout out. No, no BS. Dave Solfaro called the Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl. I was in Cincy in March of this year, and he called yeah. the Super Bowl. So I have to give him some credit. He's been saying it the entire year too. So credit, credit to Dave. I will give some credit. We always give some credit to Dave. Um, so anyways, we'll be back on, on Wednesday. Um, make sure you check out the uh, PFF Discord. We'll also write up our favorite early picks. That'll be on PFF.com. Get yourself PFF Plus subscription. Promo code forecast, by the way. Get you 20% off. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Love you all. Peace.